Hi guys, welcome to Have a Chat, a place where we have a chat. On this podcast, we'll be covering a range of topics that are close to our hearts. From business and parenting to mindset, relationships and balancing it all. We'll also be interviewing amazing people to share their life stories. Let's get into it. Good morning, guys. Hello, hello. Happy Tuesday. I hope you guys are all having a nice week so far. Yes. I feel like this week's been a pretty good one. Yeah. Ups and downs. Up, actually, ups and downs for sure. Just trying to get that um, work-life balance under control in lockdown. And I feel like so many of you guys will be relating yep. to how we felt this last week. Um, but yeah, how's your week been? What's your highs and lows of the week? Um, my highs probably would definitely the weather. The weather's been sensational. Yeah. That actually has been good. And then, yeah, just getting my grass started out the front. It's just, it's going to be the end of the, <laughs> end of it. The clean, sand? Yeah, the end of the sand, end of a, um, a dirty period. Yeah. Yeah. And then, your lows was just trying to juggle the work life. Yeah. And then, man, it's a pretty normal week, I suppose, isn't it? Well, oh, it's not really. My highs is Miller's birthday. Can't miss that one, Dad. Oh my god, I did. <laughs> so my highs yeah, have been was a good day. Miller's birthday. It was so fun. She had the best day. We tried to make the most out of it for her. Um, you guys will see on the vlog. Yeah, she had she ended up having she said the best day ever. Yeah. So that made me really happy because I was, was a bit worried about yeah, it being a bit quiet, not yeah. seeing people and Yeah, no, she definitely This is my high and low, this is my time to talk, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. that means it's my time to butt in yeah exactly right um and yeah my lows would be like this week it's been so great to try to like you know do work and do this and we've had sales running and stuff but just really hard to find the the juggle um without having the same amount of help as we normally do and you know just trying to just like everyone else like so many of you guys will be feeling yeah it's just annoying because things can be so easy but they're not all right kurt's got the story today for what's going on in the world um, <laughs> is it a funny one by the looks of your face? It's just like, so shit. I don't know how these things make anywhere. This guy, he's married, he's like sex doll that he's had forever, <laughs> right? And then, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and then he's, he went out to a nightclub and found a new love, new love with an ashtray. Oh my God. He said, um, he was intrigued by the ashtray's, um, brutal scent. Oh my God. <laughs> and a touch of metal <laughs> as he moves from his devastating split from his sex doll. Oh my oh. gosh. All right. How is this dude? Let's go to questions of the week. Look, <laughs> he looks like a normal guy. He's obviously not that Who normal. Who would have known? No. By the looks of him and him being a bodybuilder, I reckon it's obviously a bit of a publicity stunt. Yeah, now I just on. saw some photos and it's just a bit of a... A bit OTT. I don't... What's that mean? Over the top. Now <laughs> it's time for <laughs> questions of the week. All right, guys. So questions of the week. This first one, I guess a lot of people probably wouldn't know this if they were following us, you know, only recently. But what would you have named Re- Regan if she was a boy? We didn't find out if Regan was going to be a boy or a girl until she was born. So yeah. her name was going to be Regan either way. Yeah, regardless. Yeah. yeah. We are just going to change up the middle name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she was Regan no matter whether she was a girl or she was a boy. Yeah. You know, I like it. The name for both, so... Yeah, me too. Did you have... Did we have a girl name for Linky? We didn't even get... I think we found out so early with Link yeah, and Miller that we didn't out. even have yeah. have a boy or girl name. I remember, though, with Miller, we always really wanted... At one stage, we wanted Piper. But then my partner's... Yeah. Uh, my sister's partner's name is Pip. Like, it, it's Philip, but he always gets called Pip. And I'm like, Piper would get Pip as well. 
And, um, but yeah, yeah, we both yeah, really yeah. loved that name. So cute. Yeah. So cute. Okay, next question. How tall are you both? I think I'm six foot or a bit under. Bit under? What was it? You said it the other day, 100 and... 100 and... Uh, actually, I think six foot 180. I think I'm, 100, I'm 171. 171? Like I'm 160. You're more than 10 centimetres bigger than me, babe. You're like... You're, I might like your chin. Maybe I'm 181. Maybe you're 181. I don't know. I'm um, 160 and, yeah, I'm literally like at Kurt's chin. Like, he's a fair bit... A lot taller. I'm, I'm really short, though. I'm shorter. Okay, what else have we got here? How do you get Riggy to sleep? I get so many questions on sleep. It's just... I think it's just the time around. You just get better at it. Yeah, and I think, like, exactly right. With yeah. Regan, we were really good at, like, right from the start, putting her down for her sleeps and not, like, giving her those sleep associations with, like, rocking yeah. and dummies. And so we didn't really have to, like, sleep train Riggy too hard. No. We kind of just just kind of from the start tried putting her down in her cot for a couple naps a day. I'd also be lenient, like let her nap on me and things, but we were just a bit more mindful on yeah. like the struggles that we would face later on yeah, yeah. if we did them all the time. On today's podcast, we have Nagani Moore. Nagani is my sister and been having some really hard health challenges the last four years. I feel like you guys are going to get so much out of her story and really relate to her if you've been through similar challenges yourself. Good morning, Garni. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know you're a busy lady, so I really appreciate you taking out time to come on here and talk a little bit about your journey that you've had the last... I was actually just talking to Kurt about this. How how long has this all been happening for now? Oh, it's been about four years now. Yeah. <sighs> we're like, we reckon maybe two, and then we're thinking about it, and we're like, it's got to be longer than that. Yeah, yeah. no. It's been, yeah, about four years now. Long journey. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a long time. So I know you pretty well, Garni, but you I'm do. sure there's a few people on here that don't. So do you want to tell us just a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So um, I am Kiara's sister um, and um, Kurt's sister-in-law. I live in Melbourne. I've been living here for about seven years and I work in training and development and I work part-time as a photographer and I've been on a health journey for the last four years or so. Tell us a little bit more about your health journey and what's kind of like give us a little bit of a rundown on what's happened the last four years and then we'll dive deeper into it. Yeah sounds good. I was in India about four years ago, I was there for about three months, like just doing the whole eat, pray, love thing. So, you know, doing yoga every day and everything that I could do to kind of like work on myself as a person. And when I got back, I realized that my periods had stopped. So I knew that there was something going on with like my hormones or there was something kind of going on. When I looked into it a bit further, um, I found out that I have a prolactinoma and polycystic ovaries. And can you explain what is, because prolactinoma, like how do you explain, like for somebody, because I would have no idea what that meant if you said that to me. I didn't even know that that was the actual name for it until we spoke about the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so basically yeah. what a prolactinoma is, it's a small benign tumour 
um, that sits in your pituitary gland. So your pituitary gland is located in your, like around your brain and it's the hormone control center of your body. So it's part of the endocrine system. Basically when you're producing hormones correctly, um, that's what balances your hormones in your body. And when there's, but when there's a tumor on it, basically it just throws off the balance of your hormones in your body. So that's what that's what the prolactinoma is. It's just the it's the um the tumor that sits on my pituitary gland. And the reason why it's called a prolactinoma is because the hormone that I'm producing too much of is the hormone called prolactin. Oh, there you go. So how how long did it take to like get to that like diagnosis yeah 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 it was actually quite a long journey for me so like I said before I was in India then after about two weeks of getting back um, I started getting really severe cramps so and it was the first time I actually got my period back in a year and I had spoken to a doctor when I was in India and they said oh you know it could just be because you're traveling you know you're out you out of sync you know it's not completely irregular for periods to stop when you're out of your like natural environment yeah um but I was there for three months my period had stopped for yeah a good amount of time before that and then a, a good amount of time after that as well or I was getting them very sporadically and this was maybe one of the periods that I got in in this time was when uh, two weeks after I got back it was really really bad really heavy and really painful so I went to the doctor um he just basically said you're fine here's some painkillers and go home and rest Um, yeah so but then it got to the point that um I couldn't walk so I, I was in bed for days and days on end for like a week and then I went back to the doctor and I was like look I cannot I can't function like this is not normal and he said oh I actually think there's something wrong you need to go to the hospital I went to the hospital. I was in the emergency room. One of my friends drove me there. I was standing there and I was in a fair amount of pain, but then I felt something explode inside of me. And um, yeah, and it was really, it was like, it felt like it was the size of like a grapefruit. Um, And then I just kind of fell to the ground and um, it was a very intense experience. Um, So was that painful too when you felt the thing inside you pop? It was the most incredible pain I've ever felt. You would know, Kiara, that I am accident prone. So I've broken my arm, like I've split my head open, I slid open my knee. Like I have done things that um, 28 you know, stitches I, in your knee. Yeah, 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 exactly. I've had I've had a few accidents in my time, but this was like I didn't even know that pain like this existed. It was just so um it was just so breathtaking. Um, but yeah, I, I, they put me on morphine right away, um, and rushed me in for emergency, emergency surgery. And even through the morphine, like I could still feel how, how much pain, like it was, it was still an incredible pain. They put me in for the surgery. They came back out and they didn't have the answers. They, they said that there was, they just found pus, um, all through my cavities they said that my appendix was a little bit inflamed, so they just took it out while they were in there. Um, but they couldn't figure out the source of it. They, but I was on a drainage tube with a drainage tube. So what they do is they put a drainage tube in you, um, and I had to carry a, a, a bag around with me um, to drain out the rest of the the stuff that was inside me for a full week. Um, and that's really where the the journey started because um, you know now 
you know, flash forward four years, um, I know that I've got polycystic ovaries. So I think that that was the source of it. But at the time, it was um, quite scary and and no one could really tell me what was going on. Um, And not to mention that um, because I've got the combination of both the prolactinoma, so that's one hormonal condition, and then the polycystic ovaries, which is a separate hormonal condition, um, yeah. like my emotions were all over the place as well. So it was really like, um, you know, at that time, I was just trying to find my bearings, like emotionally. I'd just gotten back to Australia. Um, I, I was back home in Melbourne, but all my friends and family lived um, on the Gold Coast and all of my friends um, that were in Melbourne while I was away they all moved to London like 10 of them so it was quite an isolating experience yeah plus before you find out what's actually wrong like not knowing why you're feeling all these feelings like you know like once you found out like obviously it's so hard to know but then at the same time it's like thank gosh at least now I know why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling like it must have been hard in that in-between time of not knowing what was actually going on exactly yeah I think like the scariest bit is not knowing and I think that when I left hospital um you know I, I was obviously really concerned for my health because I was like you know i in that situation like um your body can go into toxic shock like I could have died so I was just so grateful that I was at the hospital when I was and you know that's the way that it played out but then when I got out of hospital I was healing for like the next um, six weeks or so from the operation and and just trying to figure out okay so they can't tell me what's wrong like what are my next steps I didn't even know what endocrinologist specialist was so that was a whole other kind of learning journey as well is is being able to find someone that could provide me the right care and give me the right answers shortly after basically went back to the doctor and I was like you need to run some hormone tests you need to check all my vitamins like you need to test me for this testing test me for that the thing is is that what I really learned over this journey is that in that process like no one was really giving me guidance that I really had to take control on my own healing yeah and I had to try find the answers myself I always say to my friends like if you feel like there's something wrong with you like don't don't let up just keep going until you find the answers because the doctors will kind of just say oh maybe just rest or maybe just do this so I really went in and said I want this I want that you need to check this for me and um, when I got the hormone results back, um, my prolactin levels, so that hormone we are talking about earlier, um, they should be between about four to 600 for um, a regular like woman. Um, mine were at 2,500. So wow. that's where I started to know that I actually had something going on with my hormones and how about like going back to the like initially feeling finding out part like you know talking about when you first found out that you actually did have a tumor like how you know I remember Mm. how did you have to wait to find out if it was like cancerous and you know how it was growing really rapidly at the start yeah so it was just um so I went to I went to the specialist I don't know like I'm sure people can connect with this that um some specialists just don't have a very good bedside manner. Um, they're very um, matter of fact. Not all of them are interested in answering all your like questions to kind of calm you down. They're just very factual. Well, the ones that I've experienced have been anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went to the specialist and um, basically he had kind of said, I, I think you've got a prolactinoma. It's a 
you know, most of the time it's a benign um, tumour that grows, but we have to do an MRI to like have a bit of a look at it. And it wasn't that it was rapidly growing at the beginning. Um, It was that my body wasn't responsive to the medication. So we got the MRI done, found that there was a six mil tumour. And if you look at the size of your pituitary gland, a six mil, uh, it's, it's pretty small. So it's like the size of a pea. So having a tumour that's six mil on something that's the size of a pea that controls all of your hormones in your body, it's yeah. like in comparison, it's a pretty big tumour for that little for that little one. But people do, people do, like some people's get up to like, you know, a centimetre, two centimetres. Um, so, you know, in comparison, um, mine wasn't, huge but it, it, it what matters is how much it actually affects the yeah. pituitary gland and mine had a big effect on the pituitary gland so tell us a bit more so like you've just told us a bit more sorry about the tumor and how it you know how you kind of came across it all but how does it like affect your everyday life living with this so basically yeah once I had found out that there was a tumor there I had to wean on to the medication and the medication that they put me on, it's called Dostinex and they actually give it to people with Parkinson's. So it is quite a strong medication to get used to. When I was getting used to that, um, it really had a negative uh, effect on my mental health. I think just the whole process, like when I was in India, I was doing all these really heart opening things and, um, you know, going going through and dealing with things from my past and then I got home and then I got thrown into hospital and then this and that and all this stuff was happening and then trying to get used to this medication um yeah my my mental health wasn't great at the time and yeah. that I think that was like one of the most challenging things is that um you know I I just felt like I felt everything. A good way to think about it, and you would be able to relate, uh, Kiara, is because the prolactin hormone is actually a, a pregnancy hormone. Yeah. So um, so all the feelings that you get, and it's so overwhelming, and you get, you know, there's just one second you're crying, and the next second you're fine, and you're like, that was weird. Um, oh, and it's yes, hard it's to weird. say. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to separate what what you're actually feeling and what is the hormones. So um, yeah, so it's like a really unusual thing. But I was feeling all of this. I'm, I wasn't pregnant, so um, yeah. yeah, it was a really weird experience. And also, my body was going through some changes that a pregnant woman would experience. Um, yeah. So at one at one point, I, I don't know if I've shared this with you, Kurt. So it's not me. So Wait, you'll find out. <laughs> um, but but at one point um I actually started lactating. Yeah. Because my because my hormones were so high. Um yeah. which was which was really fun. crazy. It was so weird. It was the weirdest thing. Yeah. Because um, yeah. even when yeah. you're pregnant, you have a baby, you know it's coming, but it's still weird. Like the first time you start producing breast milk and you, you know, you're like, this is so weird because you've never, but then like having nothing like that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It must have been such a bizarre. That emotion side would have been, because oh, that's what yeah. everyone told me, like, mm. just wait, like your girlfriend's going to be fucked at some stage because of the hormones. So like, yeah. I could, and then if you, and yeah. it comes on when you're breastfeeding, oh, that's when the hormones so come on, when your milk comes in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it was like all of the cons of pregnancy without actually being pregnant. 
Um, so yeah. <laughs> yes, it was, um, it was a really, yeah, it was a very strange time. I, I can, yeah, I can say, you know, flash forward four years, I'm on the right medication and stuff. But at that time, um, yeah. just kind of walking through my experience kind of phase by phase, it was, it was really scary and it was really, um, yeah, it was really, uh, daunting at the time to kind of recognize these changes in my body. And, um, you know, there was other things as well, like I was getting excessive hair growth, um, you know, weight gain, uh, which was really frustrating for me because I generally eat quite healthily, but it, there was nothing I could really do. Um, and I would, I would look at a piece of bread and I'd put on weight. I swear to God. Um, so was <laughs> so that like, is, so was that from obviously from the medications, but how many like different ones did you try or did they just sort of give you this and this is the only thing, well, like, those things that are like, oh, I'm gaining weight. Can I swap to another one? Like, Unfortunately, unfortunately, there's only two kinds of medications. Oh, um, this, yeah. this, this, this one has the least amount of side effects, the one that I was on. Um, so my specialist was really um, like really pushing me to stick with it. Um, but I also found it challenging as well because um, my because my body wasn't responding to the medication. Um, so basically, I started off on one tablet to get used to it. Then he upped me to two tablets per week to get used uh, to to see if we could get my levels down, and then three. Um, and my levels were still around like fifteen hundred. And I think you know, it, going back to what. A, a woman should be it should be between four and six hundred um someone that's not pregnant you know they're, they're still really high um mm. and when they're high if they're high for like years and years and years um you know you you become more likely to have you know breast cancer and stuff like that as well so it was really important that I got them down but at one stage my specialist said to me you're obviously not taking your medication and I said no, I can assure you that I am taking my medication. And he's like, well, this isn't possible. Like, you know, your body shouldn't be this resistant. And I just said, well, that's not very reassuring um, because I, I, I am taking it properly. And, um, and you know, you should just believe that I am because I, I want to serve myself. So, yeah, and at that time, you know, I've started looking for another specialist and I'm with a really fantastic lady in Melbourne now and she's been awesome. Yeah, I, I've upped my dosage to four. I've actually just upped it last week to five because my levels are still a little bit high, around 900. Um, yeah. But this is, four, this is four years on. So it's been a long process. And, and there is another medication that I've started as well. And this one's more aimed at my polycystic ovary. So my polycystic ovaries didn't get diagnosed until about two and a half, three years into the journey when I changed specialists or was just about to change specialists. But my current specialist at the time, I had said it the whole time. I said, oh, you know, my naturopath says that, you know, it looks like I have polycystic ovaries as well. Um, you know, I, I feel like I've got polycystic ovaries because of like these symptoms that I'm noticing. And he kind of just ignored it. He's like, no, no, you've got a prolactinoma and that's it. Didn't really want to feed into it. Anyway, I ended up getting a scan. And the scan was done months before I got diagnosed, got the results sent to him. And when I went to consult with him, he said, oh, I got your scans back. And I said, oh, yeah, like, you know, did you see if I got polycystic ovaries? I said, and then he said, well, did your doctor say that you have polycystic ovaries? And I said, well, you are my doctor. Um, but the, my other 
doctor that I see, like my GP, he mm-hmm. said that he couldn't see anything on the scans. And then he looked at me and said, well, it's not rocket science, so you don't have it. And I <gasps> said, yeah, but <laughs> but I've got all the other symptoms and you don't have to have it. You don't actually have to have cysts on your ovaries to have polycystic ovaries. But anyway, flash forward, um, I did end up growing cysts on my ovaries. And just before I changed specialists, he ended up diagnosing me with it. So I think um, I think it's really important to try find somebody that you really trust and and you know you really do know your body better than anyone else. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I that's like been the biggest you learning. About this, I relate so much to what you're saying with myself in pregnancy. I feel like I would go through issues and sometimes people would brush them off, and then before mm-hmm. I know it, I would start to bleed or I would have something happen. Um, but you know, even when I was having my ectopic pregnancy, I went to my my doctor that I usually see was away. She was overseas on holidays. And then I went to a different person and they brushed it off. I went home. I could have, I was internally bleeding. Like, you yeah. know, and then I went back yep. to second opinion when my doctor got back from her holiday because I was just like, I feel like something's not right. But because my numbers were still going up, even though they weren't doubling, they said to me, I just miscarry. Um, but no, I needed surgery to get the baby out because it was stuck in the tube. Oh, it's just so wild. And it's yeah. like, you know, it's not an isolated thing as well. Like there's so many um, friends and family that I've heard similar kind of things, um, you know, and, and my advice to people is always, yeah, just stick to what you feel and yeah. don't don't give up until you're happy with the answer um, because, you know, no, no, no matter how many tests and stuff they do, yeah. You know that there's, if you feel like there's something wrong, like, and you genuinely do, and it's not anxiety kind of driven or, you know, you've had time to kind of just sit back and, and really observe your situation and you still feel like that, just, um, yeah, don't give up and find someone that will be able to provide you the care that you deserve. Yeah. And you know, like with your medication guns, like what are the pros? So it's obviously what it's trying to do is control that prolactin level, but does it Mm -hmm. also like, I remember with your tumor, how it's like gotten bigger and smaller in size. Does it have any effects on that as well with taking the medication? Yeah. So, um, basically the way that it was explained to me was that it will bring down the prolactin levels and it will help break down the tumor. So last time I had my MRI, it was, it went, uh, it was at three mil, um, but even though it's only at three mil now, so it's halved in size, which is awesome, um, but it's still, sometimes people can have a three mil tumour and it won't have any effect on their pituitary gland. Um, so it's fine for it to just kind of sit there and it's just like laying dormant. But unfortunately for me, even at three mil, mine is causing havoc, um, you know, with my with my prolactin levels. So yeah. Um, so, yeah, it kind of does a bit of both. And then I'm on another medication for, yeah, my polycystic ovaries. Um, and the way that my specialist, my new specialist who's awesome, explains it to me is that because my polycystic ovaries had been untreated for so long, um, I'm in a bit of like a catch-22 because my hormone levels in my body are so high. I, I gain weight very, very quickly. Uh, and very easily and my body holds on to the weight and it like grips on like I could eat lettuce and go for 10 runs a day and you know oh. I would be lucky if anyone else would lose 10 kilos I'd be lucky to lose one my specialist kind of ha- said to me 
she goes, it's, you're in a bit of a catch 22 because your hormones, because the levels are still high holding on to this weight, she goes, but the weight is actually exacerbating the hormone levels as well. She's like, so, you know, you can't lose weight because you've got too many hormones, um, but you've got too many hormones because you've, because the weight is making it worse. So the more weight that I gain, the, the higher my levels will stay. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, crazy. so it's, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Well, like, <laughs> say with the medication, will you ever get off the medication or is it one of those things that's just there forever? Um, so the one that I'm on for my polycystic ovaries, basically it's an injection um, that I need to take. I take the tablets for my prolactinoma and then I take an injection for my polycystic ovaries. And what it does is it's, it helps me lose weight, essentially. The idea is, is that I can um, get down like a, a certain weight means that hopefully my polycystic ovaries should go into remission, hopefully only be on the injection for about a year, which is good because it's really expensive. It's about, uh, or it'll probably end up costing me like $135 every two weeks. Um, uh, and then that's my other... Yeah, my other medication that I take um, the five tablets a week, it's $45 per bottle and each bottle lasts me two weeks. It's about $200 a month that I'm spending on just like getting my hormones under control. (laughs) The prolactinoma, that one, um, it's a bit hard to say because everyone's really different. They try not to, to have you on it longer than five years because it can start to have like a negative effect on your heart. You know, coming on nearly five years now I'll need to just go and make sure I get my heart checked for a while there I was infertile because my because my body basically already thought I was pregnant so I was I wouldn't and I lost my period so I wasn't able to fall pregnant but now I've got my full fertility back which is great and but it means that if I ever want to fall pregnant I'll need to be off of these medications for at least two months and then I won't be able to take them while I'm pregnant and I'll just have to monitor my prolactin levels closely post like pregnancy and then they'll decide whether or not to put me back on it again. Yeah it's a bit scary hey like knowing that to fall pregnant you have to go off it like you don't really know how like just especially the mental part because like you said oh, you know, being yes. pregnant enough is so <laughs> you know so emotionally oh. draining and like the hormones in that like yeah, it's a struggle. And then on top of that, having even more heightened hormones, you're just really, mm-hmm. I feel like, going to need people to lean on around you. Um, for Definitely. Support, you know? And, it, like, it could do the opposite. The whole pregnancy might thing, same. it might flip don't you know. around and it might hormones in the cycle. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know girls that well. But, no, um, no, yeah, no. It could, could help it. Right. My, my pharmacist, his wife, um, actually had a prolactinoma as well. Um, and he's been great to talk to because he's always really interested. How are you going with your hormones? Like, you know, my oh. wife has done this. She's just fallen pregnant. And he said her, like, he goes, she's just being monitored, but hers, the pregnancy seemed to have helped her. Um, wow. and, um yeah, so we'll we'll see. We'll see. Not planning on falling pregnant anytime soon, but <laughs> eventually we'll see. <laughs> totally what you said, uh, Wah, is like I'm a little bit afraid because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so clear. I finally, after four years, I finally kind of have just like my normal mental space back. Like I feel yeah. good. Like I feel like I'm really on track and, you know, eventually I'm going to want a baby. But also I'm kind of scared shitless because I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to have to slip into this, like, horrible 
mental yeah. space. Like, you know, I was struggling with depression and anxiety, like through that time. Um, yeah. uh, but you know what? In that time, I also built a lot of tools um, to be able to like regulate myself better. I'm really, I'm really good at being able to separate my hormone emotions from my own emotions. That's um, so good. I'm still yeah. working on that. <laughs> yeah, we're still at the moment. I mean, it's a hard thing to do. I not about three months ago, I accidentally missed one of my tablets. Um, just one. It had really big repercussions for me. When I was PMSing, I was just like hysterical. Like I was so upset oh, one minute and then I was fine the next. And poor Tyson, my housemate, um, he he just like came up to me and like grabs me. He's like, I'm actually really worried about you. Are you okay? And I was like, Tyson, you have to just, I know that you can see me feeling all of these emotions, but when I tell you it's hormonal, like you just need to believe me. I will tell you if there's something seriously wrong. Like, and he's like, but I can see you look so upset and you, 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 you seem so upset and I can really feel your pain. And I'm like, well, you know, if you think about it like this, it's like being at work and you're working in an office and you've got colleagues and these other colleagues are your hormones. You're working on your computer. You've got your work to do. You start doing your work and you've got a big project that you need to finish. And, you know, that's your own emotions is your projects, like your personal projects. You know that they're like your true emotions and you know what's going on in your life and it's all fine. But then sometimes your colleagues come and tap you on the shoulder and they say, can you help me with mine or can you, here, you need to do my projects too. These colleagues won't leave you alone until you do it. So so you can try and ignore the colleagues and they'll just be banging on the glass saying like, mm-hmm. let me in, like do my project for me. So you've got to like acknowledge <laughs> that they're there and say, okay, you know, so you've got to feel that those emotions too, your hormones, emotions, all the colleagues, emotions or projects or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But then you need to focus on your own and re- remember that no, these ones are going to pass through and they're going to go. And the ones that I need to focus on and the ones that are important are the ones that, you know, I am aware of and that I am working on. You just learn to live with it and you you find ways of being able to manage it that work for you. For anyone that's going through it at the moment, just know that uh, it does get better. You will figure it out and you will you will be able to find the right tools to be able to support, you know, trying to separate what what are true emotions and what are hormonal emotions, which I think is the most difficult thing to do, but it's worth the work. And what do you do day to day to lift your spirits? Um, so I'm in a, I'm in a really good place at the moment. So like my, my new specialist, she's great. She's been really supportive, uh, through it. And we're, we're in a really good place with where my healing's at. So, um, day to day, I feel the best that I've felt in like the last five years. Yeah. I just feel very sound. I feel like I can rationalize things quite easily. I don't feel like I'm triggered. Definitely not lactating anymore, (laughs) which is great. Day to day as a person though, of course, like right now I'm in lockdown. I'm in Melbourne. Melbourne's been hard hit. Um, obviously, you know, there's emotions that kind of go with that as well. Um, so day to day, and I think, you know, I know a lot of people are struggling in lockdown and there's definitely been moments that I've struggled with and it's been very hard, but I feel like everything that I had gone through prior to these lockdowns have meant that I have got, you know, a good amount of resilience, um, and good practices in place to kind of keep myself going and keep my spirits kind of 
you know, they're not always high. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, just pretend that, oh, yeah, lockdown, it's been great. I've gotten so much done because there's definitely days that I've woken up and I've been like, I just want to go back to sleep. But I definitely feel like I've, I, I've pulled in good practices from my experience previously, which have really served me now. So, you know, I, I always try and cook and like make myself some nutritious meals and um, meditation, yoga. Um, I know that everyone that, you know, I don't know, people probably look at me and go, oh, she's gone to India. She's all spiritual and this, but I'll tell you what, meditation and yoga, it doesn't matter who you are. It does help and it does keep you grounded and it helps your brain just switch off and and get away from the anxieties that are around you so I do that day to day I try to um, stay in touch with my creativity I work uh, in a very uh, logical space so everything I do in training and development and and managing that sector of of a business you know I'm always using like my left side of the brain so on the weekends I try and paint or you know, in, or read or engage in something creative. And yeah, they're the things that I do for me. So like with it all, I know obviously friends and relationships aren't quite a big thing at old Melbourne lockdown at the moment, but like would this affect, has this affected relationships and friends at all? Yeah, really good question. Yeah, it definitely has. Like I, I think, I think um, not in the last like couple of years because I've really you know, found the right mechanisms um, to to support me through it. And uh, like I said, I'm in a really good place now. But uh, like early on, um, definitely did. I feel like it, it definitely would have put strain on, on my family and my friends because I was in such a heightened emotional state, um, you know, and it was out of my control and I didn't understand what was going on. So, you know, how I kind of explained how I can now separate my hormones from, um, my my actual feelings uh, back then I couldn't so it was um, everything anyone said I, I took very personally and it wasn't that it, I, I'd look at it and I'd be like this isn't rational but my emotions and my hormones were so high that like I just couldn't filter it so there was definitely times that um, you know I, I'm sure my friends and family looked and were like oh my god she's just you, you've just taken that way too personally or you're overthinking it or you know this or that um, but lucky for me you know I, I have got really amazing friends and really amazing family and everyone has stuck um, with me on it um, and I think some of my friends are oh, one of the other things that happens when your hormones are really high is that I was tired all the time like I had such bad fatigue and all my friends would be like don't be lazy like you know get up and do this and do that and I'd be like I can't yes. pregnancy you're exactly the same you know you just oh. you don't get out of bed some days Oh, it's horrible. That's the thing I miss the least is just like, yeah, I'm so happy now. I actually can wake up and I have energy. But yeah, a lot of my friends after my diagnosis, they were like, oh my God, like, I'm so sorry for calling you lazy. I'm so sorry for trying to drag you out on a night out when you said that you were tired. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really lucky. And I think what's worked best in my experience for, for keeping those relationships and, and maintaining them, even though at times I feel like it would have been a strain on those people, was that I just, even if I couldn't find the right words, I would try and explain it to them. I would try and communicate. I would turn around and I would take ownership and say, like, I'm sorry, like, I actually, I really didn't mean that or I don't really understand what's happening to me right now and I, I feel you know, very foggy and it's like, you know, it, this is, I, I don't know if this is part of the process. I, I'm scared. I'm confused. Like, and um, yeah, I think that 
the relationships that have like got me through that time are now like so strong because now I'm out of the fog I'm able to just like really give like in these relationships and and you know they've just they've turned into I think you would know Kiara and Kurt that a lot of my friends are like my family um yeah. you know I've got a lot of really close friends um because I feel like in that time it really did take a it did take a community to kind of support me through to support me through it so I'm really grateful I'm really lucky you actually do like you've got such great friends and I like all of your friends I adore them all like they're all such great people like you've really surrounded yourself I feel like with really understanding not not judgmental like really nice people um I feel like it's hard to find that's hard to find really good friends like that yeah and I think as well is that because people have been so understanding and open with me uh, I just I default to that with a lot of people sometimes it's to my detriment maybe I'm a bit too trusting sometimes but I like to be able to like I just think that everyone goes through shit so but just everyone's shit looks different so you know whether whether it's this or it's that or, or whatever everyone you know there is a way that you can relate to someone's experience and so I always try and find those things with my friends so that we we can really support each other and and really hold each other through things and I have no doubt that I know that they've been able to support me and they have no doubt that I'm here for them to that same extent as well so yeah it's, Gosh, sorry um, guys can you hear the music I do not know what has happened <laughs> this conversation is great but I don't mind it <laughs> oh on. yeah keep it going <laughs> Oh, okay. Hey, Google, turn off the music. All right, we're down to a one-man show. Google's playing. Regan's just woke up. Miller's ran into Regan's room. He's like, oh, my God, kids are in Regan's room. And, oh, my gosh. Oh, my God, it's all hey. popping off. It's all popping off. What's in store for you now, guns? Um, so now I'm really excited to, to be on the injection. So I've only been on it for a couple of months. I've seen really good. I've lost five, six kilos. So, um, and it's, and for me, you know, it's, it's not about this body image thing. Like I'm, I've learned to love myself at any size, like, but the thing is with the weight is I'm excited to get it off because I'm sick of dealing with my hormones. So I I know that this is going to help and my body will go into like remission. And, you know, I, I really do believe that you can, that everyone should love themselves no matter what size they are. I'm a curvy 16, uh, size 16, and I, I love it. But I also will be a size 12 and I will love it too. And what I'm hoping is through this process that I will be able to um, get my get my hormones even more under control. I mean, to be honest, I don't know how I can feel any better than what I feel mentally now but um my specialist said that you know more clarity will come so I'm excited to see um, you know what that what what that will bring yeah yeah so So that's what's next for me and are you open to any dms if anyone's kind of going through a similar situation I've got a friend or someone and wanting kind of a bit of a hand on how to you know be there and support them through a tough time like what you're kind of going through like is it okay for where, where can they find you and come have a chat Yeah, absolutely. Something I wished when I was first getting diagnosed with all of this like hormonal things, I wish I had someone that was going through the same thing, Um, you know, because obviously you sometimes go on the forums on on Facebook and stuff like that. A lot of people that talk in there are new to to it and there's a lot of anxiety that 
can sometimes go in those forums Mm -hmm. and so I'd read them all and I'd be like oh my god this isn't that like or people would comment on your thing and you know it can actually exacerbate it sometimes and I just thought I wish I just had someone that I knew or someone that I could just like talk to that has it and can just reassure me on the process or reassure me on this because there's a lot of uncertainty when you when you start going through it at first so yeah absolutely like I'd I'd, I'd love to be able to um to give anything that I can give to people that are feeling the same way because I I first-handedly understand and I would probably say the best way to to reach out on Instagram so it's just um, at Nagani or at Ghani Photography, either one. I check both regularly. It's N-O-G-A-N-I or Ghani is just G-A-N-I Photography. Yeah, really appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks, guys. I'm so proud of you. Look at how bloody far you've come. Oh, thanks, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of you too. <laughs> how good was hearing Ghani's story? Yeah, it's crazy I feel like I you hate to be a girl sometimes I feel like you learned a lot about all of that yeah. I feel like you hadn't really like you knew she had the tumor and the issues yeah, that I you went through back then no like how how much that, it affects her yeah and like all the other just other shit like the eating and the medication Ugh. yeah she's yeah. so so bad yeah she's a very strong lady and yeah there was heaps that I learned along the way as well because like I speak to her about things here and there but yeah, it's um she's done so well and it's so nice to hear her in such a good place now compared yeah. to where she was a few years ago. Like it's so I've yeah I don't think I've ever heard her feel so content and so happy, which is really really nice. It's bloody good. All right, let's jump into our fork and good food. Fork and good food. All right, I'm gonna go first today. The fork and good food of the week is that cold brew coffee that you've been getting from Woolworths. We had a look at Coles. I don't have it at Coles. Oh. But the brand is like Califia or yeah, something. Califia. And it's a almond milk cold brew coffee. Oh, my god! Oh no, there's about 50 mil left in the bottom of the... I'll be having that 50 mil. Oh. <laughs> I drank out the bottle last night, oh. so... Oh, yeah, you, you, you would not do that. Guys, it's so yummy. If you want something nice to try, it's beautiful. A little bit healthier than a normal like iced coffee. So, good alternative. Yeah, it is bloody nice. That's a good one. That's yeah. a good pick one. Yeah. Um, Actually, mm-hmm. I've got one. This will probably make people feel sick. But <laughs> on Miller's birthday, I had a few drinks. Like, you know, a couple more than usual, obviously, on that day. Yeah. And then I made myself a healthy pizza that night. Mm-hmm. Whenever I went to bed. I just put up on my reels today a healthy piece of re- pizza recipe. Yeah, well, recipe. it's pretty much that set up with different ingredients. I put the wrap, the mm-hmm. sauce. Tortilla. Yeah. Tortilla. Um, wrap sauce. And then I did um, jalapenos, a shitload of them. Mm-hmm. And then... You would I have did... been doing shitloads in the toilet too and later. Then I, <laughs> and then I did a shitload of anchovies and then covered the whole thing in mozzarella cheese and ate the whole thing and it was amazing. Oh my gosh. But I don't know how. It's probably not that healthy for you, but it was so, <laughs> so good after a few beers. <laughs> oh, well, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget, next Tuesday, 7am, we will be back here again. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back to... Have a chat.